This is the Open to Alchemy podcast, and I'm your host, Lauren Ivey. I'm so excited to have you here joining these conscious conversations about the transformation that's possible for all of us. My approach to spirituality has always been part woo and part work. So in this podcast, we talk about all the incredible spiritual modalities and add in a bunch of practical things that really make it fit into our lives. I can't wait for you to join me. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Open to Alchemy podcast. I'm Lauren and I am so excited for you to listen to this interview, this conversation with my dear friends, Stacy Kringstad. She is an energy healer. She does breath work facilitation and theta healing. And she is an amazing manifester. And so I was really excited to have this conversation all about manifestation and motherhood and living life consciously. And we get into so many woo topics and also break things down in a really simple and easy way to understand. So I'm super excited for you to hear this and I hope you enjoy. This is the strangest thing, but I get these little like fruit flies. Oh, and there's one here that fly around and I'm like, what is happening? And then I've like had people be, oh, that's fairy energy. It is just so funny because I'd be in the middle of anywhere in a room. There's nothing around. Or yesterday we were sitting at the dinner table and I saw like this little white feather, like teeny, tiny, like particle, just like floating in the air. I swear sometimes they're like, I'm going to buzz in your face so that you know. You have to think like, what is trying to get my attention? What am I not oh paying gosh, attention to right everything now? Everything because I literally am the most distracted human alive right now. Oh gosh. I, I don't think that. Crazy. Yes. I mean, you know, though, I feel like the whole energy in the world though, is like, it's so strong that I feel like it's trying to derail and detract you. I've noticed that just like in my everyday life too. It's like things that where I used to be able to just like let my mind rest. I feel like I'm being pulled a lot and it's taking a lot of focus to stay grounded and centered. Yes. I completely feel that that totally resonates with me. And I still, I'm doing my daily meditations and they feel fantastic, but I've been feeling, I guess maybe that I'm noticing more and more that there's a pull towards the phone or a pull towards this thought or any sort of just distraction. I feel like I'm on that, that tightrope and there's all the things are coming Mm -hmm. at me. And yeah, it's, it's not a great place for me personally, my manifesting generator energy, my Sagittarius, my Aquarius, my ADD, undiagnosed ADD. Personal diagnosed? Yes, personal (laughs) diagnosis, but it feels harder than it should be. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think it's just the whole energy of the collective in general is so strong in each direction. There's no balance right now. And I think we're really feeling that. Um, And I can feel myself like getting off track super easy where it's like, whoa, I have to like pull the reins back on myself and be like, no keep with your, keep with your routine, keep, you know, cause I get like weird ideas in my head. Like I got to do this right now. It's like, I have to do it right now. 
where it's like, but no, so let me you ask don't you a question about that. Is that because that happens to me also, and I know it happens to a lot of people. Is that source direction? Is that source inspiration that's telling you, or is that our ego feeling like, well, if I just did this thing? Well, this is okay. This will lead into a lot of stuff. It's where is it coming from? How does it make you feel? Is it make you feel antsy, uncomfortable, like unsure? Or does it feel like, yes, this is the flow. This is the next step because there's a, there's a difference there, right? So for people listening, how do you feel that difference? What does it feel like in your body to feel that it's flow and it's the next thing, the next step, it's divine guidance versus it's feeling this energy of, of less than or angst or angst or whatever. It's, I feel impatient and I feel like I can't do something other than that. And I won't be content until I get that done. And that's not source. Source is like, oh, it's flowing. It's okay. There's like this dance, like it will, it'll happen, but I feel like I'm forcing something to happen when it's not coming from source, if that makes sense. Like I'm feeling like, oh, I have to do this now or it's going to go away. I'm in a lack. Like, it's like, oh, shoot, uh-huh. it's, it's going to go away. It's not, it's not abundant. It's not infinite, right? It's, if I don't do this now, I'm going to miss out. It's kind of like the so difference. When you have that idea come in, do you take it as a little seed that gets planted, a little breadcrumb that you're going to observe, you're going to notice, but you're not going to act on right away? So see, I'm, this is where I have to really like practice because I am impulsive. Like that's my, that's my nature is like be, I'm impulsive. And so I have to step back and observe and be like, okay, where's this coming from? Why do I feel this need right now? What's the driving force behind it? Is it to prove something or is it, or is it because it's going to make me feel a certain way? And in general, if we want to manifest anything, the reason that we ever want anything is because it's going to make us feel a certain way, right? So if you want something, you have to feel it first. And I think where a lot of people get tripped up with the whole manifesting and creating and all that is like you you want it, but you don't, you don't embody what it is first, right? You don't take on the energy of what it is. You just think, oh, once I have it, then I'll feel this way, but that's not how it works. You have to feel it first and embody it and be it. And then it will come into creation. Like we do things opposite. This is, it's so fascinating. And I'm paying so close attention to like every word you're saying, because you are such a beautiful, epic, aligned manifester. And it is so inspirational to me. And as you know, and as my listeners know, that is something I've shared my challenges with before, because I know logically a hundred percent what you're saying. 
I really am a firm believer in goal feelings and the embodiment of, well, if my ultimate thing that I want is freedom, then what am I doing in my everyday life that gives me that feeling of freedom? And then I have more of that. And then before I know it, I'm living freedom. So that's one aspect. The other aspect is when it comes to stuff, I think a lot of people have a block on either not feeling like they want things, I'll put mm-hmm. things in quotes, but like material things, yeah. Yeah. not feeling like they want them, not feeling like they should want them, not feeling that spiritual connection to objects as a draw for manifesting. And yet I feel like a lot of language is around things. So help me, help me with all of that. <laughs> I mean, there's so many, there's so many aspects to this. The number one thing is you have to know yourself because if you don't really truly know what you want, you're, you're going to have all these different creations, but then you're going to go back and forth with your beliefs. So you know, and I've read when I started like getting into all this stuff, you know, I'd always read, it'd go into the belief and I'd be like, oh, I don't want to hear about that. Like beliefs, like blah, blah, blah. It's so fundamental and true. If you don't really know what you're believing because your subconscious mind is the driver of your thoughts mainly, right? And if you don't know what you're thinking, if you're not conscious of what you're thinking, you're creating by default we're all manifesting all day, every day, whatever shows up in your life is a manifestation from you. You have to take responsibility for the things that show up in your life. And so if you're not aware of those patterned thoughts that just are on automatic drive, you're creating and you're not even aware. So if you don't really know yourself and know your thought patterns, you're not going to really be able to create to the potential that you want Mm. it like not I mean you'll create but not um deliberately you're creating by default right and then you're not understanding why the same thing keeps circling around or you're not having that growth or development so for people who are hearing about this for the first time, or they, yes, okay, they know a little bit about belief work. What are some of the tips that you would share to really access that, to really hone in on that? I know for me, I feel like I should have a t-shirt that just is like silence is golden because for (laughs) me, without that quiet space, Mm -hmm. I, it is harder to access it. And so having that daily practice of just finding a few moments to yourself just to realign just to recenter just to come back to who you are without all the external bells and whistles and noises and influence is critical and then once you have that established I think it's much easier than in the course of your day to see the belief pop up to know where it's coming from Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, silencing your mind and just taking a few minutes out is huge. And you know, like people are always like, well, I can't quiet my mind. Well, it's more of just being in the present moment because that's where all the magic happens. You know, time is an illusion. There is nothing other than this present moment. 
And I think that's a hard concept for a lot of us to grasp because you think, well, the past, and then you think, well, the future, but anything that you're creating is happening right now, this second. And so if you can think every second, you have a chance to start again. Mm. And I, I, you know, when I start to feel like things are like crazy around me, I'm always like, okay, I just center myself again. And I just bring myself back to that present moment and be like, well, what is it in this moment that I do have the control over? How do I want to feel? Who do I want to be? What do I want to experience? Because we do have 100% control over everything that we experience. I mean, Mm -hmm. yes, there are, there are things that, you know, we don't like and whatever that you say, well, that's out of my control, but we bring everything to us for our growth. So, you know, when bad things happen, like, well, I never, I didn't want that, but in a roundabout way, you created it for an, for a certain experience or for a certain way that you're being like, there's a law of vibration. Everything vibrates at a certain frequency. Well, you tune into certain vibrations. And so you dictate where you're vibrating or where you're tuning into. And so that's something that you have to be aware of too. The law of conservation means energy can't be destroyed or created. So what does that mean? That means everything's always transforming, transmuting, right? And if everything is vibrating, you choose where you're going to align to and where you're going to vibrate at. And I think if you can understand that everything is energy and it doesn't matter, we, we put so much um, emphasis on value, right? Like, oh, it's easy to get a penny, but it's so hard to get a million dollars. They're both the same thing, but it's the value that you place and your belief that a million dollars is so hard to attain is going to block you. You're, you're going to get in your own way by your belief. And so you have to know your beliefs. You have to know what your thoughts are about money and your own worth and if you deserve it or not. So it goes into really knowing yourself and really being truthful with yourself. And we don't like to go to those places because it feels uncomfortable. And then you, you learn, like, I really don't know me. I don't know myself. Right. Well, because there's feelings of, of shame or embarrassment or Mm -hmm. guilt or all of these negative things that we're afraid of. And I, and I'm taking to heart so much. What you're saying is that without being truthful with yourself, you really don't have a chance at having true happiness. And so just admitting to yourself where you are in this moment releases, shifts, changes mm-hmm. so much about the energy of everything because it really is an exercise in self-love is mm-hmm. to say, I, I see me, I know me. It might not be the place that I want to be, but without at least admitting where you are and how you felt it, and it doesn't have to be a place that you're, you're blaming yourself or you're blaming others. It's just acknowledging. It doesn't have to be with judgment. And I think that's a piece that's really hard because so many of us grew up with conditioning and society's conditioning of 
there's a, there's a victim and there's the aggressor or there's the person responsible and there's the person who's been hurt. And so it's like, we need to find our place on that spectrum sometimes to make sense yeah. of things. Yeah. And I think it's so funny as always, I was meditating earlier and it was just coming in so strongly about finding the place of of love and of heart-centered living versus the ego, which is exactly really what we're talking about is to eliminate as much as possible or, or notice, understand, and then continue on from a place, not where there's blame, not where there's guilt, not where there's shame about something, right. Just judgment, just looking at it as it is without our human lens that we're viewing it. Exactly. Like learning to be an observer. And when something comes, when you have like a thought or a feeling that is in, that's the opposite of what you're trying to want. Right. So it's like, say you want a new outfit and you want this outfit, but then you keep saying, Oh, I can't afford it. Oh, it's too much. Or it won't look good on me. Like you're blocking it. And so you really have to pay attention and observe when, when you're contradicting what it is you want. And that's huge because we don't even sometimes know where to do it. And you have to really watch your words. Words are huge. Words create. And if you want to know what your beliefs are, listen to the words you say. When you talk to somebody and you say, yeah, I'm, I'm tired or, you know, yeah, that's hard. Those are your beliefs. And you may not even know that you're, that that's what you really think, but watch your words, change your words to mimic or to align with what it is you want. So like people who want to get healthier, or lose weight. Well, the way to do that is to, what would it feel like to be in a healthy body? Take that role on, like use your imagination and act like it act like you're healthy. Don't talk about the things that you don't like. Don't talk about being sick. Don't keep repeating the same stories to people because you're just adding more momentum to that. Start telling a different way of life. Say, yeah, I feel great. Say you're, you have a stomach ache. Well, my foot feels great. Focus on Mm. what feels good. Yeah. Start your attention on what you want to grow. Yeah. And like, tell it, like, tell it as the way that you want to be. You want to lose weight, then start feeling like a fit person who is at the ideal weight that you want to be at. Start mm-hmm. feeling and even that. if you don't know what that is, you use your imagination. Exactly. Or that's what like, like expanders are for. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you have a person that you think, oh, that's the ideal person that how I would want to look. Well, look at them and act like, okay, how do you think they feel? Are they confident? Carry yourself in that way. But when you start criticizing people because you have some lack of esteem or you want to, you know, sometimes if people have things that we want, we tend to try to bring them down to make ourselves feel better. But if you can look at that person that has what you want and be like, wow, how do I think that they think? What, what kind of thoughts do they have about whatever it is that you want? how do they act and start thinking about that instead of, you know, trying to pick out reasons or why they shouldn't have that or, 
you know, like say you, you want a new car and somebody drives up to you in the car that you want, instead of being like, oh, they probably don't work for it, whatever, whatever excuses that you want to make, you know, look at them and be like, wow, I wonder what, what thoughts they have in their mind. How did they manifest that car? They must feel really good about themselves. They must take pride in themselves. They must feel worthy. What are the things that they feel about themselves? And then you can start embodying that. And when you're driving in your car, imagine your car is that car act as if it's that car you know if you want a relationship and you're struggling with relationships like start treating yourself the way that you would treat a partner love yourself be kind to yourself and you'll you'll see that things will start to shift for you because you're in a different frequency in that sense you're not in that same downward self sabotaging energy you're creating a new space where you're, you're inviting what it is you want. Mm, it is such good advice. And also, I just love the way that you explain things in a way that I think are just, they're very complicated subjects and you have an ability to make them very simple, easy, very human step-by-step. So I'm, I'm so grateful to this. I know this is like definitely (laughs) helping me and I'm sure everybody listening. So what would you say then circling back to what I had mentioned earlier about people that don't feel attached to material desires, do you think that they are blocked from them do they have a belief about not being worthy or feeling that they're not entitled or that doesn't align with a spiritual or holistic lifestyle? It could definitely mean that. I mean, I feel like that <laughs> is like super individualistic, right? Because certain people, for instance, like for me, for the longest time, my appearance was always like important to me, right? But for some people, they could care less, but their brains, their mind, how smart they are is important to them. And so I really think it really boils down to what, what is it that is important to you? What do you value? Because some mm-hmm. people, I mean, things, having a lot of things or nice things really isn't important, but maybe like just a family and having personal connections is important. I guess you would have to yourself come back to yourself and really be like, okay, well, do I desire having things? Would that make me feel good? But am I blocking it because I don't feel worthy? So I'm just saying that I don't need it Mm -hmm. or deep down, does it just feel like unnecessary to have a lot of things or to have nice things? Cause that's just weighing you down. So, so for each thing quote that it would be, or that you feel that is a standard want or things that you see other people happy with. That's a beautiful exercise is to sort of pull that into your energy field and see how that feels in alignment with you, knowing that truly there is no right and wrong. There's Mm -hmm. no one way that people feel aligned or get lit up or, you know, and again, because we have these different contracts, these different soul contracts that I think sometimes what happens, and I'm so curious to hear what you think, is that something 
feels like it should fit because it's familiar. Maybe it's fit in a different life, but it doesn't fit now or vice versa. Mm -hmm. You're longing for something because it feels like it's something that you have had or should have, but it's really trying to find that authentic self for this lifetime. What do you think about that? I think, I think that's a huge point because we're, I feel like we're always trying to find something that we're chasing something always. And, you know, I hate that. I feel like that is a big thing with me, with this, this desire for momentum, Mm -hmm. the way that my energy works. And I hear this from a lot of people also, it's like just taking a step forward but it also in a way is chasing something because it's like, well, when I get to the next thing, that's where the happiness resides, but it's not. And that's where you have to understand. And it's living. And I'm going to go back to living in the moment because in each moment, that's where all the magic is. And I just, I've said that before, but it really is because when we start taking our focus off of the moment, the now we're either going to go into the future or we're going to go into the past. And it's not bad to go into the future or the past, but what is it creating right now for you? Are you going back to memories that create anxiety or memories that don't make you feel so good? Or are you looking in the future of like, well, once this happens, then I can do this and then I can do this. But you got to realize you have to bring it back now and you have to start talking like, I have that now. I am abundant now where, you know, I am healthy now. You have to bring it now instead of keep trying to chase something that isn't in this moment Mm. because you're never going to get there. Yeah. That's what I think a lot of the disconnect is with, I don't want to say standard, but very popularized manifestation for me it does keep your eye on the future and it makes, it has made me feel like I'm coming from a place of lack because Mm -hmm. I'm looking to the future for what I want to be or have or create. And the way that you're explaining it and the way that you are practicing it feels so much more aligned because it's, it's looking to the future. If I'm hearing right, it's looking to the future for what it is that you want to embody, but then doing that work at this moment. Exactly. You have to do it now and you can't say once this, then this, like Mm. do it now because that's all we have is this moment. And if you keep just putting it off and saying when, or if, then you're, you're creating such a roadblock for yourself. It's like, you're driving down a highway. And when you have those thoughts and those like conditions on yourself you're throwing tree branches and like trees down and you're putting blocks and so then you have to remove those so you can get back in the car and go and then (laughs) exhausting it is and that's what we do though when it feels like work and it feels like you're paddling upstream you're creating blocks for yourself and then you need to come back in re-examine okay where am I at right now it's a lot of mental work but sometimes we're like oh well it's too hard but that's another word that you have to like observe. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm saying it's hard. Well, it's going to be hard. 
your words are so important. And I've caught myself so many times saying stuff. I'm like, oh, why did I say that? Or like, if you have, this is a good one. If you've been wanting something and then you start having the opposite thoughts, start creating another story and seeing and visualizing what it is you want. So say that you go to a restaurant and they always mess up your food order. Cause that happens to me all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so before I go into a restaurant, I'm going to start visualizing me eating my meal. And it's great. Instead of being like, okay, if they mess up my food, um, I'm going to order this instead, you know, instead of having like those type of plans, start visualizing the outcome and seeing yourself following through with what you're intending to do. And sometimes Uh, you have to uh like go backwards, like look at the end result. And then you have that end result. I know like writing, writing a book, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's something that you're kind of like interested in doing. Yeah, definitely. And if you're finding blocks in that already see yourself as your book on the shelf, it's published, it's out there. See that book. Now, that you now embody that feeling, what does it feel like to have that book out there? Does it feel like relief? Does it feel great? Like an achievement? Feel that. And then you can work backwards and think of the steps you took to make that outcome happen. Feel that the whole way through. So visualization is is huge because, you know, our brains emit frequencies, like our thoughts, our heart, our feelings, it's all combined. And what a beautiful practice to find your limiting beliefs along the way, because maybe it's very easy for you to envision that book on the shelf. And then when you start doing the steps, all of a sudden it's like, oh, but I don't have enough time Mm -hmm. or, oh, when I sit down to write, the creativity is not going to flow in that process of doing all the steps. You can have all those beliefs present themselves. Exactly. And so then you say, well, why, why does the creativity not flow? Then you can be like, oh, probably because maybe I'm, I'm anxious or I don't feel like I'm going to produce what I want to produce or whatever it is, then you have to ask yourself, is that really true? Mm. That's another thing is, do you know for sure whatever it is, is really true? That's a huge one. So for people who are in relationships, in marriages, have children, how do you go about manifesting while you are in community with other people who might or might not be on your same journey, same Mm -hmm. awakening, same, even have the same goals. Right. Um, And, you know, I live that life. That's me perfectly right now. Um, You know, small kids, a husband, and, you know, I look at them as my greatest teacher because they can throw me out of alignment. Like, in an instant, the fighting, the crying. Oh, I hear you. (laughs) And you know, it's like, I can can be great in my own world. And then they come at me crying, fighting, whatever. And, you know, I can start to feel myself like, oh gosh, but it's teaching me how to respond instead of reacting. I'm learning about myself 
because what whatever they're showing me is a mirror back to me about something a belief I have because I react based on my own experiences right and so they're just mirroring back to me so I always say okay in these moments in this life they are here to teach me something about myself and I always I I take a step back I'm like okay what is it that I'm learning like compassion to slow down to you know to be more empathetic what is it that that I need to to learn and grow from these experiences and when I can tune into that my reaction is so much different and the way that they respond to my reaction changes Mm. and then as as you become more in tune to looking at it as not based on what they're doing outside, like what is it teaching you yourself? How is this a lesson for you? And how can you respond different? How can you grow from this? And that really does make a huge difference. I love and then that. You, oh, and you it's see so it good. Yeah, you, you do. see yeah. the circumstance different. And right, and it doesn't necessarily change Sometimes it does, not always, what they are doing, Mm -hmm. but it's all about changing how you experience it. I love that. I too, sometimes I'm able to really zero in on why would I have chosen this experience? Why would I have chosen this scenario, this this Mm -hmm. setting, whatever it is? when it is particularly when it feels like something is extra challenging or feels misaligned. And so I love that perspective of what am I learning from this? What am I getting from this? And it's, yeah, I mean, and it's not, what are they doing? It's what is this here to teach me? How can I learn something new? How can I have a new experience, even though it's like the same stuff, right? It's the same situations, but those situations keep happening because you haven't gained what you needed to gain from it, or you wouldn't see it as the same situation. So Mm -hmm. once the kids are fighting and I don't see it as that, then I know I have grown and I've learned what I needed to learn. And then it's not going to be an issue anymore we have to take responsibility for everything we experience. I think that's a big one. I really do. I think that that is something that people struggle with, Mm -hmm. particularly when it doesn't seem like it's anything that you could have actually physically, mentally had a hand in. Or when it seems like it's something that just, it just feels really like, why, why, (laughs) why would I have created this? What Mm -hmm. is it? And, and it's not always for us to know in the moment, certainly, or even over years that sometimes it takes to look back at something or for Mm -hmm. a similar experience to present itself or something new to come in and then all of a sudden you see okay this as hard and and terrible sometimes and stressful as it was has now given me something that I can use for this new thing and usually those those hard times those 
you know, bad experiences are always a bouncing off place to where you need to go. We've all had hard times and hardships. And if you look at those times, where did it lead you? Like it's always bouncing you off to something where you wouldn't have been if that experience didn't happen. You have to look at that, look at the past experiences that you've had and where they led you. And if that wouldn't have happened, you wouldn't have maybe hooked up with somebody or connected with somebody or, you know, the universe always works to bring you stuff. And, you know, sometimes the way that we see things aren't always the way that we would do it, but that's part of the thing too, is we have to let go of the control and we have to let go of the, how exactly it should pan out. Right. Because when we do that, we put like blinders on and we can only see a certain way, but the universe has so many different ways to show us things. And when you can let go of the control and let go of the expectation of how it needs to turn out in a certain exact way, we usually, well, not usually, we always get something better. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, I never would have thought of that, but you had to have a lot of times we all have to have something really hard happen for us to just let go and our backs are up against the wall and we have no choice, but to just surrender, then things fall into place. And you're like, Oh, wow. I never would have had like had any idea that could happen, mm. but it doesn't have to get that far, but we have such a hold on the outcomes that we usually pin ourselves up until we have nowhere else to go but to just let it let it go and see what happens so how does that line up with manifestation practice to want something but then not be tied to the outcome because that's another place that I found myself stuck in the past I'm no longer stuck because now I'm manifesting all of the ease but for people like me yesterday um no (laughs) (laughs) 10 minutes ago (laughs) yeah for me a five minutes ago how do you get specific while also being open if that makes sense yeah absolutely so that's where you spend the time visualizing and feeling and really just getting in tune with that energy when I think of something that I want I think how does that particular thing feel say I wanted a new ring okay wait can I stop you for one second how do you know what you want What does that feel like to you? And the reason I'm asking is because I personally, one of the things that I have been working to notice is the consumerism, is the materialism, is Mm -hmm. the whole influencer marketing, all of that. And I see it, you know, I have a 12 year old daughter. And so I can really see in real time her seeing something that somebody that she likes or follows has and her wanting that. So how do you know what is your want? Um, This is where I was going with, how does that particular thing feel, right? What does she want? Like clothes? If I were, you know, an outfit and I would like 
I'm a feeler. I can really feel what things feel like. And so what I do is like, I feel if I was that piece of clothing, what exactly does that feel like energetically? Does it feel good? And if I can resonate with it, if it feels like a match to me, oh yeah, this feels good. Like I, I feel like we could become one, right? Then I know, okay, I should get it. But if, if I feel into something and it just feels kind of like wonky, it just doesn't kind of jive with me. I'm like, oh, well, that's probably just my ego wanting to stay up, up with whatever, keeping mm. up with the Robinsons, right? right. So, <laughs> so that's where I kind of just know, am I doing it? Because I, is it's an ego thing and it's not really going to make me feel better. If I tune into the feeling of it and I have it, but does it really change the way I feel? If I don't feel that connection with it, then no. But if I feel into this and I look at something and I can feel it and I can like feel it one with me. Does this make sense? It totally makes sense. And I think going back to what you said earlier and what we were talking about at the beginning of when you get that hit, is it, is it an intuitive hit? Is it something that you have to act on right away? Or is it something that you can just observe, notice, hold on to, and then see how you are with that thing, whether or not there's the harmony or whether or not it feels misaligned. And I'm sure that that's a practice that takes time to build up what that is. It is. I mean, you have to just start becoming aware and start observing yourself. And that's where it all starts. You just have to start observing the things you say, start observing your thoughts and then start observing. Like I, I, I have this idea to do this. I wonder where it came from. Is it coming from because it feels really exciting and it's going to give me some sort of excitement? Or is it coming because I feel the need to keep up or I feel the need to prove myself, right? When you feel the need, you have to prove yourself or to keep up or if it feels hard and heavy, then you know that's ego. That's not really your true guidance. Mm. But when something feels like igniting and exciting and you feel passion about it, it's like, like a little kid going into Disneyland, like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Like that's the feeling because that's, that's your trueness. That's that higher self part of you that you're tapping into. Mm, Not really so your much. essence. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's where you have to start to really know yourself. If you don't know yourself, you're just going through motions. You're just on autopilot. You're just doing things out of habit, not even knowing why you're doing it. And that's a big thing, you know? I see my kids, you know, about the blaming stuff. They blame everything on each other. And I'm always like, no, you have to take responsibility. They're making you mad. Well, that's not their fault. That's your fault. <laughs> you know, it's like you take responsibility for why you're feeling a certain way. And that's hard. Right. Because you're getting something from that feeling, right? Yeah. It's like that idea of... Mm -hmm when something happens to you and I'm not talking about something really bad, but something, something right. silly, bad, something, like, yeah. A, yeah. And then you tell this one and then you tell that one. And then you're exactly. I've really started to become aware of that because it's like, what am I getting? What are you getting from retelling that story? And I love what you were saying about the power of those words, because it's in truth, every time you relive that you are then 
putting those words back out there. Yeah. And you're bringing it back to this moment and in every mm. moment that's where you create. So every time you go back and circle about and talk about something it's like this addiction that we get a hundred percent, we want people to, and the more people you tell, you're just increasing the energy around it because then they're going to talk about it. You, you just really got to be careful about what you keep talking about. Sometimes you do need to get stuff off your chest. That's fine, but don't keep telling the next person and the next person and the next person. Figure out what is it within you that you feel the need to keep talking about. What are they going to fulfill for you? There's something that you're not being fulfilled with when you keep repeating something. Look and see like, well, what is it? Do I need reassurance? Do I need people to tell me it's going to be okay? Like, what do I need? But all that really needs to come from you. Hmm. I, I love that you're saying that. It's something that I think has been coming up a lot for me and other clients and friends is this idea of self-love, not in like the superficial self-care yeah. sense, but in the truest, deepest sense that I think many of us who were raised whether to be people pleasers or to put other people's needs before yours, loving yourself so much that you can fill yourself, that you can be full of yourself can sometimes be misconstrued or mislabeled as self-absorption. Mm-hmm. How do you delineate between those two? And I catch myself doing this where I'm, I'm trying to be in my own energy. I'm trying to honor who I am while still being a partner, while still being a mother, while still being a friend and hearing what other people are saying But knowing that that energy space can be held in two different places has been a real, (laughs) a real practice of, of understanding that and not having it constantly be intertwined and then not feeling guilty about not taking on other people's energy. Yeah. I think that's a huge one is feeling guilty. If somebody, you know, is having a bad day, you're not going to feel bad right but just don't let other people's behavior dictate how you feel and I think if you can get to that point to not allowing the outside world influence the way that you feel then you stay in your own power and you're not giving your power away but you'll still be genuine if that makes sense um because it does. We- it's it. I, I'm I'm like literally thinking through this because I can feel being in my power and how good that feels, and simultaneously feel the conditioning of, well, you're not being there for somebody else. You have to look at it too. Is the role that you're playing in that too? Is you're teaching them something you and that person came together for a specific reason. You might be playing a role for them to understand something. So it's not your job to make somebody else feel a certain way. And it's not your, you can't let other people dictate how you feel. 
we are all responsible for that of ourselves. So you just have to know, like, the reason you are in this situation with this person is because there is some, there's some contract, there's something brought you guys together and your role is to do a certain thing and they have their own growth out of it. Not your job to make them feel a certain way. Then you're, you're taking their power away from them Mm. and you're enabling them to keep being dependent on you feeding them compliments say like mm-hmm, I think that's a mm-hmm. huge ones with partners and stuff you you expect them to say things to make you feel good and to you know boost your esteem it's not saying that oh t- you know complimenting I'm not saying don't do that but you can't base the way that you feel about yourself on if somebody tells you they like your hair today you know what I mean like and it gets to that point where we depend on other people's compliments to make us feel a certain way I think that's a great example or somebody else is having a bad day. And so you, your whole day is now derailed because you're in fixer mode to help them out. And what I hear you saying, and what's really resonating is you staying in your integrity of authenticity of your essence is the best way that you can serve somebody in any situation. Exactly. There's this, I love this thought or the sayings, like you can't get sick enough to make a sick person healthy. Mm. You can't get poor enough to make a poor person rich. You just, you can't go down to those levels to help anybody. Right. We tend to think like, that we have to suffer in order to make somebody else feel better. But that's, I mean, that just doesn't really make sense, but we do it. Right. Right. So that's why I always, that's why I always love to think like, okay, yeah, you can't get sick enough to make somebody who's sick healthy. That's just doesn't make sense. Does it? Right. But, but people think I I can get upset enough to make you not upset anymore. Yeah. So that's when people do all the time. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, we kind of manipulate the, the situations. If you can just really just stay true to yourself and you just have to know, like your life experiences are for, for you. Yes. We need to be kind and, you know, help people and, you know, all the things that make us feel good, but it's not our, even with our kids, it's not my job to make my kids completely happy. They have to learn how to be happy on their own. Like if, if it was my job to make them happy all the time, like I would be out buying toys 24 seven, you know what I mean? It's like, that's not my job. My job is to teach you how to handle yourself and how to know your own power and know who you are because you create, I can't create for them. They create. Mm, I, I love that for children, for partners, for anybody. Oh, that is so good. And teaching someone else how to be their own best friend, their own advocate, their own best sense of self. Like that's, I think all that it's about is just helping them know themselves. You know, they'll have other lessons, obviously, you know, and it comes from school, they're trained a certain way and they, you know, and I don't agree with a lot of the 
the things that they have to do in school to they all have to test the same way they all have to you know like the individuality is gone and I just feel like that puts them into this trance almost of oh well I have to be like this person and it teaches you at such a young age that to compare and all yeah, you don't feel good that, enough, right? If you didn't yeah. do this, if you haven't read this much, if you haven't tested in this thing, if you're not in this program, exactly. yeah, I, I definitely feel like I could go on a whole soapbox yeah. tour about <laughs> the know. education system. And, and that's why our connection with our children and our ability to help them socially, emotionally, to be in touch with who they are and not learn to compare themselves to everything and and that everybody's journey is is different Mm -hmm. and and not that they can't achieve what they want to achieve but that it's okay if their goals are different if it's not in the same the same alignment as somebody else Mm -hmm. we all have things that different that happen differently on different timelines right you know like I said there's no time but we think of things as linear and you know, with the whole social media with the kids and they're under a lot of pressure to be a certain way and to have the status. And like, it's all online now. Like I couldn't imagine being in junior high and high school, having a social media account and, you know, how many followers do you have? How many people like that? That would be a lot of pressure. And I think it's really harming their their consciousness, you know? Oh, definitely. And, and I see it in, in women our age that (laughs) need, that are looking outside of themselves for that validation, for that feedback loop. And it's so funny. And I'm thinking about this as we're talking that, is it everybody's journey? It's their highest self to be at the pinnacle of their industry or success or, to have, you know, 10 million followers or write the best selling book or be a pro football player. I mean, obviously that's not everybody's right. Yeah, exactly. So, that's but when I think yeah. when, when that's all that you see as success, it's so funny. I'm watching this show about the 1700s and success to them was having land and mm-hmm. having a family and having a connection to their community, so much simpler, so much easier in some ways. Obviously they didn't have medicine in the same way. They didn't have the same lifespan. I mean, there's obviously challenges, but thinking about what made a good life then versus Mm -hmm. what makes a good life now, and I'm putting good in quotes, It's just so interesting, especially Mm -hmm. as I see more and more people wanting just that simple life. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we're all going to be reverting back. I, you know, we have all this technology and stuff, but are we the most advanced that we've ever been? No, we have downgraded with our connection with the world, with mother earth, with source, like we we're not as advanced as we used to be as a race our technology yes maybe but we're so on autopilot and I mean how many times do you grab your phone and look at it and you don't even you know you don't even know why you grabbed it there was no specific reason but you just picked up your phone to look to see right it's like how many phone numbers do you know anymore like one 
My own. If, if I get arrested, I have one phone number and it's my husband and I hope he answers because otherwise I'm screwed forever. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's, I mean, it's just crazy. We're so dependent and this is what, you know, this is what they want. They, they want that us to be dependent and we're not free thinkers anymore. Like, well, it does feel like what you're saying with the technology and social media and, and just our disconnection to earth and cycles and our own bodies and our own cycles, how we are in many ways less human mm -hmm. than ever before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think we've lost touch of what it means to be human. Like we came mm. here in for a physical experience, right? But we also have like this huge spiritual part of us too. And we're losing that connection. And I mean, I, I was not raised in any religion. I didn't grow up with any type of religious background. I've always been very interested in like, I guess, spirituality and energy and all that stuff. People are more accepting of it, I guess, now than before. But at the same time, we're losing that whole part of ourselves because we're so in the routine of go, go, go. We don't take that time out to go back inward. It's, we're always looking at the world around us. But if you right. take that time to go back inward, like that's one of my most favorite times of the day. I wake up and I exercise and then I meditate. And then I meditate before I go to bed. And I look forward to those times because it's just, this stillness, I can just feel the wholeness of who I am. And when I'm in my day-to-day -day busyness, I don't, I don't always recognize that unless I become more mindful. And that's something that I really am trying to do is being mindful in the moments of my days. Just having that connection is so important. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. It is without question, one of my favorite parts of the day. If I don't do it, it, it I, I genuinely miss it. I crave it. It is a habit in the best sense of the mm -hmm. word. And I think for people that have struggled to have a practice, have struggled to see the value or are afraid of what they might find. Yeah. Yes. The, the, just so that you have the contrast, just so that you see a different perspective. So if you have one minute of quiet, of silence by yourself versus all the other time in the day, I think just starting with one minute, five mm -hmm. minutes can, mm -hmm. can start to crack open mm -hmm. that space. Yeah. And not being afraid of, oh, I'm not doing it the right way. I, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are always like, well, I don't know how, well, you know, it's like, you have to practice. You don't yeah. know how to ride a bike until you get on it and you try a few times. Right. And it's not the same for everybody. We all have our own personal way of connecting. And so it's just, you'll know when you tune into yourself and it's going to look different for everybody, but you'll, you'll feel that connection. And there's a sense of peace and just a sense of security within that. And that's mm. where I think you coming home to yourself is so much more powerful than looking to somebody else or looking to another structure outside of you to make you feel safe because 
it's really comes from within when you can tune into that essence of yourself. I just can't imagine not knowing that going through your whole life, not knowing that or feeling that ever. So beautiful. So beautifully described. You gave us so many amazing manifesting tips and explanations. And I think this is going to be so so eye-opening, so heart-opening for so many people. And I am so grateful for you coming and sharing. Tell everybody how they can find you. I know you offer breath work and theta healing and belief work, and I'm sure people are going to want to reach out to you. On my Instagram, you can find me at Stacy. It's S-T-A-Y-C-E dot Kring, K-R-I-N-G-B-B-E-E. So Kring B is one word. It was so fun, Lauren. I enjoy our conversations as always. They're always so deep. I know. I love it. And I'm so excited that we got to share one because we have had so many beautiful conversations and healing sessions between us. And Mm -hmm. I think this is going to be super special to, to birth this into the world. I love it. I love you. And I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. I'm going to get back to you with my manifestations. Maybe we'll make that a little bit of a a fun um, challenge for people to share their manifestations. That would be, yes, that would be so fun. Something where people can like talk and, you know, share with each other because that type of talking is good. We want to keep talking the things that make us feel good in that momentum. I love it. Thank you all so much for listening to the Open to Alchemy podcast. You can find more about me on all the social places, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, at open.to.alchemy. That's open, the word T-O, alchemy, or at my website, opentoalchemy.com. See you next time.